Welcome to She Said, She Said. I'm Lena Stagg, the culinary chef and author of the Recipe Records Cookbook Series. It is a collection of four groovy rock and roll cookbooks that mix and blend rock history, facts, trivia, and photos with delicious and easy to prepare recipes that don't cost a lot of money, which we all are looking for right now. Um, you can, it, it touches on all of your favorite bands and musicians and artists. And you know, Father's Day is around the corner. So this would be a great gift for your dad or husband or significant other and a copy of my recipe records, a culinary tribute to the Beatles, which includes a recipe for Liverpool's famed dish, Scouse, would be a perfect gift. You could wrap it up with a note that says, I'll make you fab four of these recipes in the month, of, month ahead. Or if he's the cook of the kitchen, you could clip some cool magnetic bookmarkers on the pages that you'd like for him to try out. Even better, right? Just go to my website at lanastag.com and check out all four of the books, including the original Recipe Records, my nostalgic 60s edition with recipes your mother should know, and my edgy stones collection called the rolling stones let's spend the bite together and while you're browsing at lanastag.com sign up for my rock and roll blog and newsletter hey guys i fully endorse that plan i want to tell you i am the biggest fan there is of recipe records well no my husband is the biggest fan there is all i have to say is we're having something from recipe records and he's like yes I am all over this. This is the original recipe records book. Let me get the glare off of it, which uh, has music and recipes and rock and roll history and trivia from the 1940s up to the 1990s. This, here's the 60s book she was telling you about. And then this is the culinary tribute to the Beatles with that Scouse recipe. And my mom's strawberry pie forever recipe is in there too. And then they're the bad boys, the rolling scones. Let's spin the bike together. You'll enjoy them all. And I promise you, I'll give you my word. And who the heck am I to give you my word? I'm Jude Sutherland Kessler. I am the author of the John Lennon series, which is a nine volume series or will be a nine volume series um, that takes you through John's life from his birth to December of 1980 um, in a historical narrative format. Um, it reads like a story. It's documented and heavily researched every sentence almost. It's a slow write because you have to stop with every sentence and put where you got that information so that people don't say, how does she know that? Well, you can find that at Davies, The Beatles, 63, blah, 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 Lewis and Spicer, and yes, Philip Kirkland. And you will, so you'll see a lot of documentation. The good news, drum roll, is for all of you who have been asking when in the world are we going to get the book on ebook? It is out on ebook. So you can go to Nook, to Kindle, to any ebook format in the world, and it is available for purchase either on Amazon or at my website, which is johnlennonseries.com. And um, I want to remind all of you while I have the opportunity not to forget to 
Come see Lena and come see me at the Fest for Beatles fans coming up in, in August, August the 12th through the 14th in Chicago. It's been a long time, but we're coming back home. We can't wait for the Fest. So don't forget to make your reservations. They, they may already be out of rooms, but there are lots of hotels in that area. It's the Hyatt Regency O'Hare in Chicago, August 12th through 14th. It is going to be, as it always is, the time of your life. I can't wait. Yes, it totally is, to quote Mr. Lennon. And on the subject of our beloved Mr. Lennon, our guest today has cornered the market on a unique facet of John Lennon's life and biography. In fact, our guest is known far and wide as the go-to person on the Lennon family tree and genealogy. Yes, that's right. He has actually written four books um, about Liverpool and the important historical sites that are in Liverpool. I don't have copies of the first two, but I am going to get them as they say on Blue Bloods forthwith. Um, the first one is called The Jewel on the Hill, and it's about St. Peter's Church in Woolton. Now, those of you who are, are true Beatles fans know that at the church hall across the street at St. Peter's Church, that's where John and Paul met for the very first time in that historic meeting. In fact, Lena, isn't that the picture? Oh, no, yours is George's audition uh, when he's playing raunchy for the boys behind you. But the yeah. artist who did that, Eric Cash, also did a picture of Paul uh -huh. auditioning. Well, not auditioning, but performing for John at, at the Woolton Church um, Hall across the street. It's also the place where Eleanor Rigby is buried now. There's a lot of controversy about that. But that's the very first grave that you see when you walk into the, into the churchyard. He also wrote a, a historical documentation of the place that is now a wonderful school for um, children and for young adults. And it is known in John's musical verbiage as Strawberry Fields, but the real building was Strawberry Field. It's a complete history of Strawberry Field known from silk to a song. And I want you to check those out as well as his third book, All Roads Lead to Lennon, which has a great picture on the cover by Helen Anderson, our buddy Helene. Um, this is John in art college. And what a rare gift to be able to put that as uh, the cover of your book. Uh, about John's family history and genealogy. So our guest today has really been immersed in the history of the city where the Beatles were born and bred for a good portion of his life, actually. And Jude, I'm sure you know that our guest has a brand new book out entitled The Rise and Fall of Father Lennon about John's great uncle, who was a very interesting Catholic priest in Liverpool. So to say that these two books aren't about the same old, same old stuff is almost an understatement. Yeah, totally, totally new, fresh research, right? Absolutely. And thought-provoking information, which hasn't been studied and discussed a billion times, or even a hundred times, or even 50 times. This is unique material from a discerning historian. In fact, in his foreword for the book, Ken Womack puts our guest in a category with the legendary Mark Lewison. 
which is, of course, the compliment of a lifetime. So needless to say, we are so thrilled to welcome to She Said, She Said, Philip Kirkland. Woo! Hey, Philip. Hi, thank you. Thank you for the great introduction. Um, very happy to be here. Um, let me just add, for Lania's uh, sake, maybe she hasn't read it, but uh, that uh, Ken, Ken Womack put me in a category with Mark Lewis and, and Jude Sutherland Kessler. <laughs> yeah, I nearly fainted when I read that. I think I got up immediately and marcoed Lena and said, you're not going to believe what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was quite an honor, Philip, because you so, so, serious so, researcher. So Mark should be in very happy to be in such good company. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll I agree. <laughs> well, congratulations. And thank you for being with us today. No, thank you for inviting me. Well, before we get to your new book, for people that have not read your other works, I think we need to retrace our steps just a little bit and go back because you are the definitive linen family genealogist, historian. You know more about John's family history, I'm sure, than, than anyone. So what really got you interested in this? And tell us a little bit about All Roads Lead to Lennon, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, yeah. You mentioned that all of my life, uh, over a good part of my life, I mean, like anybody who's interested, uh, you know, in the Beatles, uh, it's maybe passive. We enjoy the music. Um, we we pick up things over the years maybe actually the history is a little bit well probably a lot less than you'd imagine maybe the last six seven years wow um so after actually my first beetle week in liverpool which was in 2016 sorry um we took a, a a group of people to to liverpool and london uh, um, my wife is a travel agent, so we, we organized a group tour, taking people from Mexico, people don't know as I live in Mexico. Um, we took a group of, you know, Beatles fans to Liverpool. Um, it was nice, to, you know, to see these places. Uh, I hadn't seen all the places, you know, that feature in the story. And when I came back, I said, I'd like to know more, you know, and I started researching. Um, the I suppose the first step was after I did a bit of research. I thought ah, I'll start a blog, like everybody does now, <laughs> to, to to put that information out there. Um, the blog I don't do the blog anymore, but the the blog got good reviews, and a couple of people said to me the inevitable question, which is, when are you going to when are you going to write the book? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, my first step was to actually uh, put the um, the blog, basically copy and paste the blog. Let's see what we come up with now. Start a, a, a Word document, put all the blogs one after the other in a Word document. And then, okay, a blog is not a chapter. So let's look at the chapter um, and research each story one by one. So after uh, researching each story, uh, you know, I, I started finding more. Um, I think, as you know, Jude has uh, 
you write your books, sometimes you, you actually find new research while you're in the process of writing. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, I managed to expand it into a chapter. But my blogs were John and Paul and George and Ringo. Um, but what happened is that more and more of uh, John's stuff came up, much more than the others. I said, but there's, a, there's enough here for a complete book on John. Okay. So, yeah, to cut a long story short, um, I managed to, to, to get that book, which is a collection of stories. You know, they are not actually connected, but they are all related to his history, history of people that he worked with, um, little coincidences, coincidences as, um, stories about, you know, Pablo, what's his name? Fanke, Pablo Fanke, the, yeah. the one in the, um, the, the ben, Mr. Kite, ben, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, that's all. Uh, so, yeah, there's a collection of stories. At the end of the book, I do kind of start the very early Beatles story, the Quarrymen story, and that, that, that sort of thing. But, no, it, it seemed to me that there's enough just to do Lennon. And after having done that, um, well, the next book the was the... I'm trying to remember the chronology now. It was the Strawberry Fields one. Yeah. Um, that was an expansion of a chapter in All Roads Lead to Lennon. Uh, and having done one in the village of Walton, I thought, hmm, what next? Uh, how about the church? So I did the history of the church, which is a fascinating story, you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's sort of an organic thing. And it basically, having once researched Lennon, then I wanted to research more and, you know, so it, it, yeah, it was an organic, it evolved. It draws you in, I'll say that. You yeah, know. And I th <laughs> yeah, and I think like any historian, if we can call ourselves historians, then um, once you have a certain amount of knowledge of a subject, you want more. Right, right. Uh, and, and also you find gaps in the story, so you want to fill in those gaps, which, what? well, okay, maybe we'll get on to the new book later, but in the new book, uh, I've expanded that story. I've found, I've filled in some of the gaps. I've solved some of the mysteries. You know, that, that is the, always the aim is to fill in those gaps. Yeah. 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 And, and not, not, not just my gaps, the gaps of other authors and, you know, in, in, including the third person in that list. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult because as you study the history of anything, whether it's Strawberry Field or the church or whatever, you find that over time, the stories change. And I have a degree in historiography. And so you look at the causes that makes history morph. Some people want to include themselves in the story because they want to be part of it. And that changes history. Um, new information is uncovered that we didn't know before. And that changes history. So if, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I'm always wanting to go back and redo my other books. Like I would love to rewrite Should Have Been There because in the 15 years since it's been out, I found out all kinds of things that I didn't know to begin with, including the interview that Lena and I did with Julia Baird, finding out that Julia really did want John, but was forced by her family, Pop Stanley, to give John up. I, I would go back and write that differently now. So do, have you found that you want to go back and change things and add to and edit and do all that kind of thing? Absolutely. Um, 
of course, you want to progress and you want to do other books. But for example, uh, I did mention before that uh, the book that you held up, All Roads to Lennon, now i taken out of print. Uh, why? Well, you know, we all st- we all, we're all beginners at one point. Yep. Um, and the question is, is when do you publish? You know, right. I, I could spend 20 years getting that absolutely right. When do I publish? So I've missed out you find out that you've missed out great chunks of the story or as you say you you found new parts of the story um uh, and possibly big admission but you know if you look back to to the, all the beatles biographers I, I, obviously i'm not going to mention names but everybody knows you know the, the big biographers over the years over the last 50 even 60 years um they publish stories you know which when it comes to the genealogy, we now know, sorry, but it was completely wrong. And, you know, I'm saying in a couple of cases, I'm not saying that the whole thing is absolute trash, you know, but I'm saying in a couple of cases, I was wrong. I made the wrong supposition, you know, because you never know when the point is to to actually publish the story. Yeah, the and if you, if you don't do that, you're not human. But the thing is that, you know, for example, when I wrote Should Have Been There, which is the birth of John up to age 21, um, I did had written the whole first chapter with the sun going down and John being born at 6.30 p.m. Mimi trying to make it to the hospital before lights out and she would have been arrested on the street, blah, 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 blah. We all know she didn't run. That was a big myth. But anyway... Then I come across information that said he was born at 6.30 a.m., not p.m., and I believed that source and wrote it as a.m., and it is in no way a.m., it's p.m., and so you, you live, you learn, you adjust, and I would love to go back and fix that book. When I send it out to people now, I write notes that say, page so-and-so is wrong, this page is wrong, this page is wrong. Because we live and learn and we grow and we edit and, you know, that's just a human thing. But let's move on to your new book, um, The Rise and Fall of Father Lennon, which I have right here. Let's see if I can get that so that people can see it. And it is. And here's the back of it. There's Philip. Um, You are really going (laughs) deep. Have you? Hold up so you can see it. Uh, we are going deep into the story of John's great uncle, who was a Catholic priest in the diocese mm-hmm. of Liverpool. And as far as what I could tell, you know, he was a good man. Um, you know, what made you feel that you needed to tell his life story? Why were you compelled to share his touching story with people? Okay, well, as somebody who you know who specializes um i yeah i i I found my niche i suppose eventually i found my niche and there's somebody who specializes in that obviously you want to do the very best you can now the 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 story of father lennon is a fascinating story and it is in short it hasn't been told which is uh you know a good enough reason as any to produce a book which is not copying anything else that's ever been produced. Right. Um, the, the other the other thing, of course, is that uh, it has been told in parts. Um, again, going back to Mark Lewis and in Tuning, he 
mentions it briefly in John's biography at the beginning of the book. Uh, he also mentions the, you know, when he was born, uh, but he, he, he also talks about the, the rumours, uh, because I think, you know, without giving away too much of the book, what everybody who knows about him knows is that, uh, yes, he was a, a priest, but that his priesthood didn't end in a good way. Now, the, the rumours that have been put about were by his own family. They were myths from Charlie Lennon, his his uncle, uh, his uh, sorry, his his nephew, no, yeah, his right, nephew, right, Jack Lennon's son, um, to a certain extent, Alf Lennon as well, um, but yeah, mainly the stories came from Charlie. Now, how Charlie got those stories, I don't know. Uh, when I researched into them, um, I found then that um, there is a good reason for them thinking what they thought, but they are completely barking up the wrong tree, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's the reason that, A, it hadn't been done, and, B, there were a lot of rumours. Um, I wanted to know, you know, what, 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 what was the truth in those rumours, you know? Um, yeah. Now, I don't you want me to go on to talk about how I researched it, because that's interesting uh, as well. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And okay. but I will say this before you go into that is I think that's a family heritage because Lane has heard me gripe and gripe about this before. But in so many press conferences in the 1964 North American tour, John would be keeping his mouth shut, saying nothing. And the next day, the newspapers would write a scathing report of how snarky he had been during the press conference. And it had been George not John, and John always got blamed for it. So I think there's something about the Lennon family where they people get the story slightly amiss and they always seem like the one who did the wrong thing. So maybe Father Lennon was part of that, that early tradition. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't think it was his fault. <laughs> yeah. Right, no, I'm saying he just, you know, it's something like they have bad luck that people always think yeah. that they're well, yeah, wrong. Yeah. You know? You know you know, the other thing I've mentioned, you know, in other interviews and, and so on, is that uh, there are a lot of, there are many books written that speculate that uh, devise theories and, you know, it doesn't interest me, you know. Uh, what, what I'm interested in is, is, is the history, the facts. Uh, so what, what we have to look at, I suppose, is why hasn't anything been written why hasn't his biography been written? Because every facet of the Lennon family has been written, uh, and his hasn't, only you know, a few notes in, in biographies. Uh, I, I suppose the obvious reason is because nobody has any information. Right. So probably the idea of doing this goes back three or four years when a, uh, a friend of mine, uh, a collaborator, a very good blogger, by the way. I shall mention his name, Mark Ashworth. And maybe you know his blog. It's called uh, There Are Places I Remember. Oh, I'm writing this down as we speak. Okay. It's, it's, it's more... Okay. All right. Um, yeah. It's called, yeah. The, it's a, he has a group, uh, where, uh, but it's linked to his blog. He, he is a Liverpoolian himself. Um, 
he writes about basically his Beatles locations in Liverpool. Uh, and he's a very, you know, deep researcher of, of those places. Um, some years ago, he told me that he had a, a friend. I, I actually can't remember the exact details, but there was a friend that had some information of those years. We now, I think, again, without giving too much away, most people know that his last ministry as a priest was in Blundellsands, north of Liverpool. And he was there until 1905. And this is where his story uh, kind of finishes. Uh, and again, most people who know a little bit about him will know he died in 1921. Actually, 100 years after I started writing the book, but I didn't realize that at the time. So it was like a centenary. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I, I didn't actually realize that at the time I started writing. But uh, yeah, he was born in 15, 1858. Uh, sorry, he died in, I'm getting confused here. He died in 1921 in September. And I started writing the book almost exactly 100 years. Wow. After, after his death. So, um, so anyway, um, Mark, Mark Ashworth, this is, I'm Mark Lewison. I don't have those connections. Um, <laughs> he actually uh, told me that um, he had some information from a friend that it maybe came from the Lennon family. I'm not, I'm not quite sure whether it came from the Lennon family or not, that actually gave some information um, and there were certain letters written between Father Lennon, William George Lennon himself, and the Archbishop. Well, actually, he was the bishop then. He became the Archbishop later, because that's a long, that's part of the story, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I was aware that these letters existed. Well, I found out that these letters are actually part of the uh, archives of the diocese's office in, in Liverpool. So I wrote to the diocese of Liverpool and I was very happy to get about 43 letters. Oh, that's so cool. They now, sent them to you? They yeah. sent them to you? Oh my gosh. In, 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 in return for a donation. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but that's the least. Of course. You know, that's, that, that's the least you could do. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't actually sort of say, ah, yeah, anybody else, anybody can have them. <laughs> Contribute to the church first. <laughs> no, that's, that, that, that's fine. Okay. Um, so, okay, looking through those letters, I mean, well, you can imagine he's writing, he, he has some kind of problem. Again, we know that without giving the story away, that he had some kind of problem, which prematurely ended his priesthood. Uh, so what was the problem, you know? And of course, reading those letters, absolute revelation, you know, everything fell into place. You could tell what was going wrong. Um, he made some references in those letters, which were incredible because there is a, um, again, Again, in Tunin, it's mentioned that uh, um, James Lennon, the father, um, had a supposedly a tram business uh, in Walton Break Road in Liverpool um, just a few years before he died. And, well, first of all, the first thing I found out is actually it wasn't a tram business. So, you know, once you start changing history, it was some kind of business related a transport business but it wasn't 
a travel business. Hmm. And how do I know that? You know, from these letters, it gave me the information to check that it wasn't a tram business. It was a transportation business, but it wasn't a tram business. So, you know, um, and also the story, as you'll know, having read the book, is related to that business. The, mm. the, root, the roots of the problem is related to that business. So, you know, uh, it, mm. I love it with these historical things when you have a suspicion and then everything falls into place and you say, ah, that makes sense. Ah, now I can see why that happens. And the other thing is, you can also see why the stories which the Lennon family told were told. You could say there's an, there's an element of truth in them, but they got it completely wrong. You know, so, so again, you are solving a mystery. And yeah, for me, that is the joy. The, the, I, I've said this in, in the introductions in probably all of my books that I'd like to ask both of you, actually, as writers, do you enjoy writing? Writing, the actual process of writing. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Uh, well, Re okay. The rest of it is garbage, but I like the writing and the creating the product. It's well, the only it, time of the day that I'm really happy. Actually physically writing. Yes. I love mm. it. I love it. But I love to read. So when I'm either writing a story or reading a story, I'm living in 1965. I'm looking for the best word. I'm looking for something that sounds poetic. I'm looking for a rhythm to a sentence. I, I, I'm obsessed with it. Okay, yeah, the creative, uh, making yeah. the prose sound as good as it can and, yeah. and without making it sound, you know, um, yeah. pretentious, but making it sound literary, fine. But for me, the, the, the great thing is the research. You like the research, yeah. I, I wish That's I didn't it. have to do the research because it's so slow. It's so, 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 so slow. But you have to, or the rest of it's garbage. And you are okay, really, I, you're a careful researcher. Okay, you do my research and I'll, I'll, I'll do your writing. No, the other way around. The other way, yeah. I'll, I'll do your research and you do my writing. That would be, that would be great. That would yeah. be a great team. Um, so, yeah. So, 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 I was going to ask, so the title of the book is The Rise and Fall of Father Lennon. So what yeah. would be like your elevator speech on a, a, just a quick description so people can understand what the title means and okay. as to the story? Okay. Um, this, this book basically uh, is more than just Father Lennon. It's also the Lennon family but it's also the history of the Catholic Church, which is quite complicated in, in I won't say Britain, it's in England and Wales, because Scotland and Ireland have different systems, but in England and Wales. Let's just say England, to make it simple. Uh, so it's a story of, of, uh, of that as well. Now, part of that story is, is that after the Henry VIII's time, the, the, the Catholic Church, because Henry VIII's, I'm not going to go into too much detailed old history, but Henry VIII uh, created his own church because they wouldn't let him, the Pope wouldn't let him divorce Catherine of Aragon, blah, blah, blah. And then Mary came along, his daughter, who married uh, uh, King Felipe of Spain and therefore wanted to go back to the Catholic 
but she only lived a few years. And then the great Elizabeth I came along and she said, no, I'm going to fulfill my father's wishes and we're going to be a Protestant country and so on. So for two or three hundred years, the Catholic Church was suppressed. It was around the time just before uh, Father Lennon was born. Uh, I shouldn't call him Father Lennon because he wasn't born that way. William George Lennon was born uh, just a few years before that they reestablished by papal bull the uh, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. So it went back to how it was pre-Henry VIII. So you have here uh, Irish immigrants, uh, family, uh, well, the fathers, all the children were born in, in Liverpool, but uh, I describe in there how those conditions were, you know, that has been described before, you know, but it's important to realise that these people were, you know, poor, lived in terrible conditions, etc., etc. Uh, but one way or another, that's probably something we'll never know exactly how that happened, is that... Uh, I've got a feeling that they needed more and more Catholic priests, so they were looking for priests everywhere. But exactly how, you know, the, was he the fourth son? Well, the fourth child, anyway, of a poor immigrant family got to go to the Catholic college and later to the seminary. We don't know exactly how that happens, but mm. we, we get the feeling that he was preordained and his costs were paid and so on. So, first of all, you know, that's the start of a rise from none of, his, none of the rest of his family had that position in life, you know. So he became a gentleman, a respected person in the community, and he worked in, you know, very nice places. Blundell Sands is a, as we say in England, a posh area, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and in... Ainsdale, close by, you know, all, all those places. So he, he lived a life, you know. Uh, he lived in very nice surroundings. He became respected. He became respected as a, an orator. He, his, he, his, some of his sermons were actually published in the newspapers, which is, of course, how I know about them. Um, so, yeah, he, he was well respected. He was given a job uh, as inspector of schools, the Catholic schools. Uh, so we can see, uh, he was given another job as a chaplain on a training ship for basically for delinquents. Um, so yeah, his rise was from poor Irish immigrant to respected pillar of the community. Sure. Okay. And of course the four, well, that is the bit that you have to read the book for. <laughs> have to read the book. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Have to watch it, the movie. <laughs> it, it was a fall. It wasn't uh, really his fault. It was the fall was out of naivety. It was out of uh, you know lack of. I suppose that Catholic priests are a little bit cosseted. You know, they live in a, a bubble. Uh, particularly in those days, maybe more less so these days, but in those days they live in this this bubble. They don't know the outside wor world, you know, how it works. I, I think so. We can say, well, it's not totally his fault, you know. But but yeah, fall he did, you know. <laughs> sure. Well, another follow up question I have is um, you you mentioned uh, obviously you've done all this research on John's family, so. Bill Harry has stated in many of his books 
that John's father, Fred Lennon, is one of the most maligned and mistreated characters in the, Be in the Beatles story. Have you ever considered writing a book about old Fred? Um, no, I haven't. Um, but I, I, I have an answer to that. No, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, first of all, can I call him Alf? Because um, I, I have a theory about Fred, Alf, and so on. As, as I understand it, he, his, all his family called him Alf. His shipmates called him Lenny for, for Lennon. <laughs> so he was known as Lenny. Um, I might be wrong, but I have a feeling that the, the, the Fred thing comes from when he released this record in the 1960s and mm -hmm. they probably decided that Freddie Lennon was better than Alfie Lennon or whatever. Um, what's it all about, Alfie, maybe? <laughs> no. So, so I, I, I think that maybe the, the world in general uh, got to know him as Fred or Freddie from that moment on. And from what I can gather, that nobody actually in his family called him that. So they called him Alf. Uh, so. Mimi called him Alf. She called him Alf for sure. Yeah, and I, I think the rest of the family Yeah, calls. but um, Julia at different times called him Freddy. She, she referred uh, to him as okay. Freddy, uh, which I think maybe was her endearing term for him, mm. you know. <laughs> but it's Alfred, but whatever term you go by, but... Um, I, you know, I think he has such an interesting story since you love to put the puzzle pieces together because really and truly he would have taken John just to, to Australia, to New Zealand to live with him. I mean, they were going, they had the tickets, they were on the ship. He was going to accept responsibility for his son had that meeting with Julia not taken place. He has a really interesting story in his yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to go on to say, actually, sorry, I, I, I did yeah. go with a, no, I a, agree a, bit with, of, yeah. a bit of a tangent. But um, let me tell you that, um, yes, he is maligned. And again, one reason I wouldn't do that book, because I think it would require what I said earlier, uh, which is uh, giving my opinion. You know, um, I, I think you can present the facts and other people can and get their opinion but I do have opinions you know on that but it's not something as a historian that I want to publish I don't want to publish opinions I want to publish history so that's to answer the Lena's question no uh, no I wouldn't because for that reason but the story is interesting actually some time ago maybe a couple of years ago somebody who does a, another podcast told me that uh, one of his listeners had asked uh, if he could do that story of Alfred, whatever you like to call him. I'm going to call him Alf, because that's what I'm used to. Um, yeah. they, they, they said, um, he, he said that, you know, somebody was interested in speaking to somebody about that. And, well, as a, a privilege, that the first person he thought of was me. Um, we haven't done it yet, but I, maybe we would do it. He, he does a lot of uh, various podcasts, so maybe I'm, you know, He's still waiting to get around to that one. Okay. Um, and yeah, I have, I have some strong opinions on that. And I do have a little bit of research, actually, um, which, again, may be biased. Um, may I tell you, do I have time to tell a little story? Because it's, it's a fascinating little story. Sure, sure. Okay, okay related to that. Um, some years ago, another great friend of mine, Peter Hodgson, I don't, again, I don't know if these names mean anything, uh, Peter Hodgson was the guy who uh, provided those tapes that 
from the the fourth in road tapes, the, right. the ones, you know the ones? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His grandfather lent a tape recorder. Did you believe that they recorded he, them on? He's the one that recorded it. Wow. And uh, I, the, have you have you heard them? I know they're yeah, yeah. garbled but wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, he lived close by um, in in the same area, and he they, they found these tapes on this on this old Grundy tape recorder. Uh, Paul got to hear about them, and my friend Peter was invited down to Paul Sussex Studio and had the pleasure of having a one-to-one -one with him, jamming with him, everything. Wow. In incredibly. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> Chance wow. of a lifetime. Wow. Well, that's the background. But uh, anyway, Peter sent me a clipping from a newspaper one day, uh, which was from 1967. And it was Sidney Lennon, yeah, another of the brothers, Alf's brothers, um, who was emigrating to Canada. Now, uh, his daughter, Joyce, uh, thankfully still with us. Joyce is still with us, by the way. Um, uh, she had emigrated in 1959, and eight years later, the rest of the family. So it was uh, Sydney's wife, Madge, and his son, Peter. Peter. Paul, sorry. <laughs> his son, Paul. So we're like, hmm. Paul? Paul Lennon? Who is Paul Lennon? They only had one child, Joyce. You know, so who is Paul Lennon? Well, <laughs> we could only, I, well, I could only adopt, a, a, I could only think of one theory that maybe he was adopted and the last records in Britain were 1939, the last census. They did one just before the war. Um, and in that one, we have Sydney, Madge, and Joyce. Yeah, Joyce is what? three years old or whatever um so okay so maybe he was adopted after um he was adopted after you know after the war or or during the war and then we we we, we got another theory which was uh hang on a sec in 1945 uh julia had this child by another man. And that's open to debate who that other man was. I have a theory that it was Pedder, Pedersen, not his Daffy Williams, but that's another story. Who do you think it was? The the Pedder, Pedder Pedersen, the one who adopted ah, him. Ah, okay, okay. Because because uh, uh, Victoria or, or or Ingrid, whatever you right. like to call her, said so in her own book. Ah. Okay, so yeah. that's why I tend to think that might be dry. Anyway. Um, so while, while Julia was pregnant and having a baby and the baby was being adopted, of course, John knew nothing about this. He was sent away with his uncle, Sidney. Right. And when it came time to give up, give him back to, he had to give him back to Alf, apparently. Um, I think Madge took it very, very hard. And we said, and what if she adopted Paul as sort of a replacement? If, or if you like, like, a, like a, yeah. in place of John, she, she, she got the maternal instinct and, and Paul. So you, actually there is a... You can't replace what, John. And I, 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 I think Paul was born about 1945 and I did actually speak to another member of the family 
and and that person did confirm that yes, he was adopted. So I think we got an interesting story there that maybe yeah, John was replaced. Um, so anyway, uh, me being you know my detective mode went into overdrive, and I said, "What if I find Paul? Wouldn't that be fascinating?" And I did. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> and and I wrote to him, and he wrote back to me, and we, we had a little I, I didn't want to bother him too much. I, uh, he, he said, actually, he still carries that uh, newspaper report around with him, because when he says, oh, you know, John Lennon was my cousin. Yeah, sure, John Lennon was your cousin. So, yeah, yeah, here I am in a newspaper, and it says <laughs> that I am, I am John Lennon's cousin. <laughs> Very cool. And, wow. and another thing, another thing, he told me was because I was interested I mean his story he never met John um, but my what I was interested in was his, his father particularly you know uh, Sydney and he said uh, he told me Sydney he used to his father used to hate those stories those biographies because you, you may know that Sydney lived until quite recently I think yeah. like 2000, yeah. 2003 talked to both Sydney and Charlie and if you when you talk to both of them you get completely different stories about the same events. I think they are completely different. They, they were completely different people, no? They yeah. were. They were. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he said that Sydney hated those books, which blamed everything on Alf and nothing on Julia. And yeah, right. so yeah, I, I, I think, again, it might be opinion, but there's a lot to blame both of them for, no? I, I think, yes, as, as Lenya said, that I think that, yeah, he was maligned, he was badly treated, um, but he died happy. And the other thing <laughs> is, the other thing is, is that uh, another reason for not doing it is that apparently uh, Alfred already done it. No, he wrote a manuscript at least. Uh, of course, it's his opinion, it's his side of the story which uh, his second wife, Pauline, published as right. Daddy Come Home. Right. Which I was you, just looking, looking I've got it right here next to me somewhere, yeah. It, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I just think it would be nice for someone to put both sides of the story into one yeah, volume. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read that book, actually. I, I, I looked on Amazon, and it was about $250 or something. I thought, no, that can't be right. <laughs> it is. It, it definitely it costs is. that much <laughs> yeah yeah because it's out of print um and uh -huh. you know how it is when it when it's out of print that's the only way you can get it fortunately i bought it years and uh -huh. years and years ago but yeah it's it's uh -huh. about 250 dollars now i know i'm, I'm not gonna buy it <laughs> <laughs> not to that price <laughs> no okay well well philip i um hate to interject but the hour has slipped by so quickly and i'm afraid we're gonna get cut off but we have so enjoyed this interview with you and um, hearing all about this fascinating story. Um, I think our listeners and viewers will really enjoy it. Um, and thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. I don't know if there's a time difference or not, but we've done lots of shows and at all different hours and shapes and sizes. And it, it's, it's crazy. And it's a little stressful when you have to get all of the equipment to work. So yeah, <laughs> we, we so appreciate it. Um, if you don't mind, tell our viewers where they can find your book and where they can follow you on social media. 
Okay, um, well, I've written it down, so I should be looking at my notes. Um, the book is just in Amazon. It is self-published, so it's just in Amazon. Um, and I've got a very simple book link, which is a magic link. I'll tell you why it's magic in a minute. This, this link is my book, one word, dot T-O, two. So in other words, it's my book dot two. Diagonal or slash or whatever you like to call it. Father Lennon, again, one, one word. Okay, so it's, it's mybook.to slash Father Lennon, one word. Now, that's a magic link because that with that link, it takes you to wherever you are in the world. It takes you to your local Amazon store. So if in the UK, it goes to .co.uk. If, it, if it's in the United States, it goes to .com, Mexico.com.mx, etc. Okay, so that link, just with that link, it, it links to all the other ones and it, it detects awesome. where you are and takes you to your local store. Uh, that's the book link. Um, okay, social media. Yeah, you mentioned social media. Um, I have a page of genealogy, which is called The Beatles Genealogy in Facebook. So you can search for the Beatles and Facebook slash groups slash Beatles. No, I can't remember the short title. So search for... The Beatles genealogy. Okay, that's that's my group. Uh, but I would also recommend. I've got to also mention uh, a great help I've had with this book by Angela Layton Jones, who is uh, she has been an absolute rock, uh, an absolute help with this book and with the research. And she is a great genealogist. Genealogist. She she really goes deep into you know all peripheral figures. Um, you know, she's done once. She's amazed me sometimes. And unfortunately, we don't have time to tell another story, but she was the one actually found the birthday, which nobody could find, you know, um, basically because it was written uh, in Latin and abbreviated. And nobody, wow. Wow. nobody could ever find it. And she sends me this one and she says, could it be this one? Yes, it could. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <You're> right <laughs> we've, we've, we've got the baptism, um, we've got the date, and a little bit later, with that wrong name, actually it was also Lunan, not Lennon. Uh, right. So it, that was written along as well. With that, I actually looked on another site and I actually found the original document, would you believe? So I know where they lived, I know who baptized him, I know what church and so on. So, you know. She helped me a lot with those things. She also has a group called Journeying Through the Lives of the Beatles. Oh, yeah. I'm in that group, yeah. Yeah. And you've seen probably Angela's wonderful research, you know, and she's particularly specialised in Wales. Um, I'm, I'm co-admin of that group anyway. And, I, you know, I contribute to that group. And also, if you are interested in genealogy, then it's a great place to go, you know. So, yeah, those are the... Are you on Twitter or Instagram? Uh, I just started Instagram. This might be of interest. Uh, again, one complete word without underscores. Author Philip Kirkland. Okay. On Instagram. Okay. Instagram. I've, I've only just started it, so it's only got a few photos at the moment. What, what I intend to do in that group is to put the photos that relate to the book. Because Ooh. the book have photos. So, Wonderful. for example, the, the place where he was born, the churches, the, the place where he studied in Spain, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so I, I, will, I, I will add to that as time goes by. Yeah, that is, that's wonderful. And we want to give a shout out to 
Ken Womack, who did the foreword for this book. And I want to thank you publicly for allowing me to do the foreword for All Roads Lead to Lennon. That was a great honor. Thank you very much. Thank you for doing it. Appreciate it. And Lena and I, thank you for being with us today and sharing all this. This is new information that people don't know. And that in the Beatles world, that's a rarity. So many, many thanks. And and not just Father Lennon, also the Lennon family. I've already, I already found some new stuff about their beginnings, which is completely different to what was thought. So I'm very happy to have done that, but I want to share it with the people as well, you know? So, so yeah, I hope people enjoy I hope it's a definitive story, but it never is. Never. And it never will be because history, you know, is so multifaceted. Well, we will be following you on social media and we'll be looking forward to the next Philip Kirkland publication. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what it'll be, but yes, thank you. Okay. Thank thank you, you. Philip. It was great to see you. And you too. To our wonderful, devoted listeners out there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, iTunes, and Podbean, thank you for the gift of your time. We truly appreciate it. We hope you've learned something new today. It's a fascinating story. Uh, Return in June for a visit with one of our favorite guests. He's been with us many times over the last years, and He's written many authoritative, respected, and best-selling books. Um, he's fondly known as the Beatles Fnpedia. <laughs> I call him that. He does not like it, but I love it. <laughs> it's accurate. So um, he uh, hails from the great city of New Orleans. So join in, join us in June for a chat with our buddy Bruce Spicer. And do not forget to make your hotel reservations for August the 12th through the 14th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare or close by because it's a short walk from lots of great hotels. To come to the Fest for Beatles fans, we will see you there. And as Mark and Carol Lapidos always promise and always fulfill, a splendid time is guaranteed for all. Absolutely. So until then, here's food for thought, food for the soul, and food for the love of rock and roll. To rock and shine on.